1: welcome into the nfl week 11 edition of the rotowire sports gambling podcast sponsored by the only sports book worth sponsoring this podcast bet mgm john McKechnie. Uh as always make sure you're using our promo code bet over at BetMGM, that's B E T R O T O, Bet Roto. You can use that at betmgm.com. You can use that on the BetMGM app. Uh, you'll be hearing a lot more from me this week uh, about that promo uh, later in the show. I lost my best bet. I, I just I can't string a run together, John. And, and you won yours. You smartly took the Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half. I was all in on the Cowboys last week, and that was just one bad bet in a series of of bad bets. And I will say I, I had a rough week against the spread. I think I finished five and nine. That was my worst week of the year. I had my worst week of the year in my pick'em league as well. Uh, all five games, John, that, that were decided by five points or less. I was on the wrong side of, I, I, I was so distraught on Sunday night that I, I went in I had to do the math 3.1% chance of being on the wrong side of all those games. If you assume
2: it's a 50, 50. Oh man. Uh- that's a slippery slope. Don't, don't do the math on that. <laughs> just just chalk it up as Al that sucks, and yep. then just keep going. Because when, when you see how infinitesimal the likelihood yep. of, of that is, uh, it, it doesn't help you feel a whole lot better.
1: No, no, it sure does not. I know you had a pretty decent week 10, though.
2: Yeah, it, it turned out pretty good. Um, I, I think I was the mirror uh, opposite of you. I was 9-5 and five ATS, just a little <laughs> bit over 500 um, on the totals. Uh, definitely, you know, was sweating out that Sunday night game with, with the Chargers. I, I just still didn't feel like it, even if I, I felt like the the 49ers were going to win, I, I just didn't like them covering the, that more than a touchdown. So I was happy to see that that came in. Uh, the Bucks one that, that uh, we obviously went into. A decent bit last week and how little sense that made given those teams track records to this point this season is like maybe that just makes not enough sense to where it makes complete sense to, yeah. to just we, we got a couple it. of
1: those games this week too we'll get into that
2: boy howdy do we and then uh the, the best one I, I wish i had the, the stones to to go money line on it but uh washington coming through with the emphatic cover to uh they, they covered the spread if they were the eagles I think, yeah. or at least pushed it. Like, it well, was, with that,
1: yeah, with that interception on the lateral play, I think they did right. They they ended up winning that game by eleven, I believe. Right?
2: That's right. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. Great call by you, man.
2: That was that was excellent. I mean, like you know, I I think it it plays in nicely to this week that that the Eagles were able to lose on, on prime time. It, it makes me, uh, you know, a little, little teaser here, but I feel very good about the Eagles at, at a bit of a discount this week.
1: Yeah. I, you know, that was a really tough game because it felt like eight things in a row went wrong for the Eagles at the end of that right. game. Like, I don't feel like they played badly. You know, there's, there's been, you know, good teams that have gotten tripped up this year. And it's like, you watch the bills lose to the jets and, and the jets are a respectable team, but it's still the jets. And you're like, wow, man, Josh Allen killed them with those interceptions. And like, you know, the, the one interception that hurts through, I thought that was a perfect ball, you know, kind of a 50, 50 play. You usually trust AJ Brown to bring that down. He doesn't, uh, you know, they had Brown was banged up in that game. Devonte Smith was in and out. Obviously Goddard gets hurt on what should have been an obvious face mask. There's a fumble on that play. They hit the deep ball, another fumble, I, like so many things when it gets the Eagles, it, it was not your traditional, like no show uh, type of loss by a team that that's riding the wave. So I'm with you. I, I think Philly's going to be fine. The only thing though, is that Goddard injury, you know, that changes things for that offense. And I think they really missed your guy Jordan Davis on defense. Like they, that was the first time all year that that Philly defense didn't really dominate a game.
2: Well, the the, the pencil pushers out there will will note that uh, that the, though the Eagles' run defense is definitely worse uh, without Jordan Davis in there, the pass defense is very marginally somewhat better. Ergo, Jordan Davis simply doesn't matter. That's what, that's what the pencil pushers will tell you. That's not that's not what we're talking about. That's why we're the, the football guys. Pushers.
1: Yeah, right. it's absolutely so, ridiculous. Yeah, so, I don't, even, I don't even want to give them the airtime.
2: No, we'll leave them be. Uh, yeah. they, they they can fight their wars on twitter.com or what what's left yep. of it. But um, now the Jordan Davis thing is definitely big. Goddard was such a, a great, you know, like uh, street uh, seam stretcher for them. I thought that that, that Quez Watkins play w- was ridiculous because I think that that might have been the best ball I've ever seen Jalen Hurts throw. That was, that was an absolute throw. laser like 40 45 yards in the air um but yeah i mean i, I think that there's also something to be said it, and i think it you can take it a couple ways for the eagles like i think it's good moving forward that they just kind of got their loss out of the way without like w- before like the pressure mounted too much and they they like lose their first game like right before the end of the regular season something like that but i think it it was also telling to me that their their turnover uh, differential going into, into Monday night's game was so kind of off kilter where they, they had what, like three turnovers all season going into Monday night's game. Something it's like, like th- there's something that that has to regress to the mean in that one. And, and they just hadn't faced all that much adversity just yet. I think part of that is, is the schedule, but I think that they, they kind of know what they need to clean up and that and they, they kind of now have have that taste in their mouth where, where they know what it actually feels like when things yeah. do go wrong and they can kind of adjust going forward.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that the the undefeated narrative is out the window now, because based on how their schedule was lining up, I I think they would have had a chance to go for it. And you could tell Jalen Hurts looked a little disappointed when he was asked about it. You know, you, you know, inside that locker room, they're talking about the possibility. How could you not? But AJ Brown, on the contrary, came out and said, look, I I'm not glad we lost, but I'm glad that this is not hanging over us anymore. And we don't feel like we have to play perfect football every week. So on the whole, I'm with you, you know, we'll dive into that game. They get the, uh, the invincible Indianapolis Colts undefeated mm. Jeff Saturday, uh, you know, at the Marvin Harrison dome this week, we'll dig into that game in a little bit. Um, we should acknowledge we, we are recording this on Wednesday. We're doing it uh, a day earlier than we normally do. So we, we could talk a little bit, uh, Thursday night football. Uh, we got Titans at Packers and the reason, we are recording earlier. I'm heading up to Green Bay tomorrow uh, to, to go watch that game. Very much looking forward to that. I've not been to a game this year. Um, and, you know, looking forward to actually talking Thursday Night Football. Normally, we just talk like that game doesn't exist. Uh, and This mm-hmm. is a really interesting one, and I think we could start off with it. Packers are three-point favorites in this game. They, they are, of course, at home. This, to me, feels like a, a line that maybe admits that the oddsmakers kind of jumped the gun jumping off the Packers last week because Dallas at one point was what a five and a half point favorite in that game I think it closed mm-hmm. a little bit lower but is the implication that the Titans are what eight points worse than the Cowboys I I don't think that's the
2: case no I, I don't either it feels like a bit of an overcorrection, and I, I think you know over the course of this season we, we've seen the Titans not get a ton of respect from the odds makers and I think the numbers probably dictate that Tennessee might not be a great team, but they're a very good team, and they they play a style that um, I, I think travels really nicely, especially in a, in a spot like this. Like you're you're going up north, uh, you're 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 playing a tough team that that j- just came off a, a nice win against the former coach, everything like that. But I just feel like the Titans and their their ability to run the ball um, is going to you know keep them w- within the the number for this one, and and I I wouldn't be surprised on, on a short week if. Uh, Tennessee ends up winning this one outright unfortunately with with you being uh, in attendance that makes two of us this week that are that are going to be in the house for our respective teams I'll I'll be getting scooped from from BWI airport outside of Balmer on uh, on Sunday morning and and heading right to the big crab cake I'm very excited for that
1: the Ravens sending the jet out for you
2: yes uh you know it's a it's a it's a big to do and I, I i'm saying this and i realize that i have like a panthers colored undershirt on i don't know if that's if that's bad juju or not um but but i digress uh regardless what are your thoughts going into into this packers game so first i should
1: specify that as of right now i do not have a ticket to this game I, i'm considering doing the last second purchase prices are way down in general for the packers this year they're like a third of what they normally are and thursday night games you know, are inherently cheaper as well Um, so I, am going with, uh, my, my fiance and one of her friends. So it's kind of a, do I just go rogue and buy a solo ticket? Do I try to talk all three of them into going? Like I got a complicated situation going on here, but I'm going to be monitoring, uh, very closely. The plan is kind of to, to tailgate, you know, with our friends who who live up in that area, watch the game somewhere. But uh, the the closer that it gets, I'm kind of, I find myself checking Ticketmaster uh, more and more. And if if, if the tickets come down enough, I, I think I'll, I'll get in the building, but either way, you know, I'll be, I'll be around the aura that is Lambeau field. I like the Packers to win this game outright. I think the, the more I think about it, but I, I, I took the Titans to cover. I know it's a small number, you know, it's a pretty, uh, pretty razor thin margin here, but I just felt like that was the value. You know, I I, I think this game could be a pick em very easily. I, I don't, wouldn't have been shocked if it was like Titans minus one, even, I mean, this, this line almost reflects uh, as if the Titans were coming off of a loss or they were, you know, they're missing Ryan Tannehill. Like that will not be the case in this game. Um, I guess my question to you is, did, did the Packers finally solve anything against Dallas? Because I I think they did play really well. It didn't seem like a, you know, a fluky type of game to me necessarily, but we also have a much larger sample this season of the Packers not playing like that.
2: No, exactly. So I, I don't think so necessarily, Um, you know, and and I'm someone who, who was jilted after, you know, making the Packers my best bet coming off their 10 point loss against the bills a few weeks back. Where I thought that you know, despite the outcome, I thought that they did start to to figure some things out. But then you know, the Detroit game happens, all the injuries within that Detroit game. Um, you know, I think that that was just a pretty big failing in a big spot for for the Cowboys to to drop that game and to blow the lead uh, that they did. So. Obviously you got to look out for for Aaron Rodgers. He he definitely still has it to to a certain extent. I don't know if he's still like at his MVP level or can tap back into it down the stretch here. Um but you know the big thing about the Packers all year has been like just the sheer lack of pass catching weapons and if mm-hmm. Christian Watson is starting to become something then then that's uh, you know something that that makes the Packers a lot more lively and dangerous in the NFC playoff picture.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I just You know, it's like what he did last week is obviously not sustainable. And I just, I don't know that we can, we could count on him just being a weapon going forward. I mean, he's, he's been super banged up. So it's been tough to get an evaluation on Christian Watson. But uh, to me, I I mean, that game, like I said, it just, that has not been the norm for the Green Bay Packers. So I kind of need to see it again uh, before I jump on that. But, you know, I know at, at some other books that will remain nameless, this number has crept up to three and a half in favor of Green Bay.
2: Yeah, and and, th- and therefore I'm 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 strong on the Packers. I'm sorry, I'm strong on the Titans. Either way, but yeah, three and a half, like that de- definitely would be interested mm-hmm. if that if that book existed. But uh, BetMGM, the only one, uh, even at plus three, um, I do like the Titans in this spot.
1: Yeah, bets are coming in pretty even on both sides of this one. I I certainly don't have a strong lean by any means, but I I you know like I said, in terms of winning the game outright, I, I give a slight edge to the Packers. At Lambeau, cold weather, mid-November. But like you said, if there's any team that travels well uh, and, and can kind of play its style in those kind of conditions, it is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, before we we get into too much of a habit of just going game by game, uh, let's go back to our our weekly uh, you know kind of way of breaking down some of these lines, which is uh, to look at the ones that are a little too high, a little too low. Uh, I know you and I both had Green Bay marked down as a line that's a little too high. I think we laid out the case for that, but Uh, What's the other line that you're looking at that just doesn't really seem right to you?
2: So um, the, the, the reason behind it uh, came, came to light uh, shortly before we jumped on here. Um, But that, that has to do with the Dallas Cowboys being road favorites against uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings who just, you know, basically just won uh, the game of the year last week. Um, But Justin Jefferson, apparently uh, a little bit uh, limited uh, in his practice participation, Mm -hmm. Obviously, if if he is out or, or simply not himself, then yeah, the Vikings could definitely be in big trouble. So may, maybe that is providing some of the, the rationale behind uh, the, the Vikings being home underdogs. But even still, um, I, I do believe that the Vikings have enough weapons here. And, and I think that the Cowboys for as well as they were able to perform without Dak Prescott earlier this this year, I don't know if if they still are like a complete team all the way through. And I'm, I'm starting to, you know, week by week, be, be a little bit more sold on, on the Vikings. Like, I, I think, you know, when we were talking week five, week six, we were both like, OK, they have a good record, but we're, we're still skeptical. I think a win like last week kind of puts you a little bit closer towards the the believer uh, territory that than we would have been just a few weeks ago. So I, I like the Vikings in this spot and I, I was surprised to see them just outright underdogs, um, at home against the Cowboys.
1: Only the third team ever, as far as betting records go back, uh, to be eight and one or better, uh, at this point in the year and be a home underdog. I mean, this is a rare, rare occasion. And it's, it to me, it's like, I could see it maybe if they are playing like Kansas city or something, but like for Dallas to be that team, it's I smell a rat here, John. And, and, you know, the Jefferson situation, you know, that we just found out about that like 15 minutes ago. I, you know, I don't know if that's enough to, you know, like, first of all, we have no idea if he's like not going to play. Like I I think the likelihood is still probably that he plays. He was limited with a toe injury. Obviously if he doesn't play, you know, maybe that's worth a, a point, maybe two points, depending on, uh, you know, what you value Justin Jefferson at. And at this point with Cooper cup injured, I think he's probably the most valuable, Pass catcher in the league, but I still don't think that fully explains why Dallas is this heavy of a favorite.
2: No, I'm not sure either. So uh, you know, potentially that that Cowboys pass rush is going to present some issues um, for for the Vikings, that type of thing, or maybe they think that the Cowboys are going to be able to run all over Minnesota. But you know, uh, nothing that I saw really stood out where it's like, okay, Dallas has has a clear enough edge and enough spots at enough position groups to where you feel good about uh, taking them as favorites um, on the road in this spot. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I would rather have Kirk Cousins than Dak Prescott right now.
1: Okay. Wow. I mean, both guys, you know, threw picks last week. Uh, Dak seemed like more kind of miscommunications. Cousins, you know, the the Bills didn't really make him pay for it, but he still has his moments. I mean, he was also dropping some dimes in the fourth quarter of that game. I mean, obviously the, the catch by Jefferson on fourth down, that was 100%. Uh, On Jefferson, but some of the throws that Cousins was making—it's been impressive. And you know, Minnesota has won seven straight one-score games in a row. Like to me, that is—that's more of a—that's not a fluke anymore. Like that—that is a full-on trend. Like this team historically, like last year they lost all their one-score games. This year Mm -hmm. it's coming back around. Like there's there's a different vibe around this Vikings team, and I I haven't quite settled uh, on where I'm going to land on this game. I'm going to see, you know, kind of how the line moves over the next few days, but. I I lean toward Minnesota at home. I, I think this is kind of a dead even game either way.
2: Yeah. I think I think that's the r- mm-hmm. right way of of looking at it. So yeah, that that is impressive that Minnesota's been able to yeah. win, win all those one score games. I saw that their point differential uh, is the exact same as your 5 and 4 San Francisco 49ers. So it, it's it's amazing that they've been able to kind of like is. claw through their their plus 35 uh through 9 games. So you know, on average, it's a very small winning margin, but they, they are coming out on the right side.
1: They are. And I mean, at this point, I, I think you know, they, they're they going to have a chance to get the one seed in the NFC too. And that's a big deal getting that by. I, I think they're going to gun for it. Um, a couple other lines to me that stuck out as maybe a little too high. I'm looking at Chiefs chargers. This game is in LA. It's probably the worst home field advantage in the NFL. I get that, but it's still not, it's not a plus for the Chiefs. You know, maybe it's neutral. If anything, uh, Chiefs sitting as six point favorites, over the LA Chargers. This was a really close game when these teams played in week two. I do not know if Kansas City is going to have Juju Smith Schuster. I would guess probably not, based on how that looked, that that hit looked last week against the Jaguars. He's in concussion protocol. Um, you know, if he's out, that that changes things, although they do have plenty of depth. And more importantly, on the other side, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, dipping their toes back onto the practice field this week. I think if at least one of those guys plays, I, I like the Chargers at plus six.
2: Uh that, that definitely makes sense. I, I think I just have too sour of a view of, of the Chargers, even though I'm the I picked them against the spread last week with a big number. Um, but I feel like this is this is one of those weird series divisional series that that you know in the Mahomes Herbert era, it feels like the road team uh, usually comes out on, on top. And I think we saw that last year late in the season with that Thursday night game. Uh, the Chargers obviously made it close this year, but the, the Chiefs came out on top. Um, I feel like the Chiefs, despite that that injury to, to Juju, are starting to find some things that they got some use out of Kadarius Tony, who they traded for. Isaiah Pacheco is kind of uh, emerging as that top guy, and you still have Travis Kelsey. You still have Patrick Mahomes, and I think the Chargers just there's something off with them uh, that they, they are they're so much less. Uh, then the sum of their parts, it feels like uh, on a week to week basis. Mm-hmm. So even though that, that's a big number for a divisional uh, game with, with it's on the road for the chiefs to cover, I, I didn't think that it was uh, too out of line as it were.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if Williams and Caden and Allen end up being ruled out, then that's probably right. Then I would jump on the chiefs for sure. Especially if it stays at six. I, I love that. Um, but you know, I, I do think we have to take into account that Caden Allen has played like 50 snaps all year. And they, they have not really had those guys healthy in the same game all season. And I actually think like the chargers defense played really well last week. Like I thought the 49ers were just going to run all over the chargers. Wasn't really the case. You know, they're still missing a bunch of guys. Um, You know, I I am with you overall, this team feels like it underachieves. I I still don't love the way that they're coached week to week, but I think Herbert too feels like he's kind of back to being Justin Herbert. Like that rib injury, I think was lingering for a while, but he was making some incredible throws uh, against the 49ers. And, you know, didn't do a whole lot in the second half of that game. But again, you're also missing a ton of weapons. Uh, what do you think about the Bears three-point dogs at Atlanta? I, I have that one circled as a question mark line for me. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's too much in favor of Atlanta, but I'm curious to get your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I th- that one feels like just kind of standard line-setting protocol where it's like that this is not a particularly great home team going up against a, a bad team that ha- that has to travel. I, and, and, you know, you bake, you bake in the home field advantage and that's kind of where you land with with that number. So it, it felt pretty much right to me. Um, but I, I definitely am on the bears in, in this spot. As weird as that sounds, the Falcons were kind of yeah, our golden do. boys, uh, up through the first six weeks of the season and a nice little six and O against the spread. Oh, and four against the number since then. So uh, they, yeah. they have definitely uh, come back to earth and, and you know, I, I just feel like this Bears offense is clicking in such an impressive way right now that um, I think that's going to cause some problems for the Falcons. I think this is going to be the game. I, I know everyone's talked about Justin Herbert's running ability specifically. Um, the, the Falcons' pass defense is bad enough, and this is going to be indoors to where like I think a narrative coming out of Sunday could be like Justin Fields has figured it out as a pass or two.
1: Well, the total in this game is sitting at 49 and a half. It, it was at 50 this morning down a little bit, but that's just the kind of the games that the bears are going to play the rest of the way. I, I feel like they've kind of, they've taken the mantle from the lions as like that. Just every game is going to be played in the low thirties to high thirties. Um, so I, you know, I, I do think we get a high scoring game. I don't think either side uh, is going to stop the other, but at this point, I, I just feel so much better about fields than I do Mariota. But it, it's funny because it feels like the bears are, are on this ascent. They're on this great run. <laughs> They've lost six of their last seven games straight up. Yep,
2: it, it's it's wild. The uh, the Chicago uh, media just really ca- can make you forget that that they are losing yeah. all, all, almost all of these games, other than the Patriots game, just because they they have yeah. something that resembles a franchise quarterback for the first time ever.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the the pick six by Fields that was. Awful. One of the worst throws of the year, you know, and then immediately after that, you know, Detroit scores again, like they had two touchdowns in like 68 seconds uh, of game time. So it, it's kind of a stark reminder of, of this defense is really, really, really bad. And I know the Falcons look terrible against Carolina. Mariota looked awful, but it was raining the entire game. Like Carolina's weirdly kind of had their number this year. I know they beat them a few weeks ago, but it felt like Carolina was a better team in that game. So uh, I like Chicago as well. I'm not, I'm not going to go big on it and pick them that's for sure but i will be taking the bears on the road what about the other side here which lines do you stick out as maybe a little too low
2: uh so too low here um i, I think that philadelphia i mean this was a line that was ten and a half on Saturday or on saturday sunday morning and now we're now we're seeing philly at what six and a half over over on bet mgm so i mean that that's a pretty uh massive you know line movement for just one loss for, for the Eagles in a game that you know, as we established, a lot of things went wrong for them. And it, it you know, I think both of us were were on Indianapolis last week just, just to have the experience and, and it obviously paid off uh, extremely well. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't think that this this spark, as it were, lasts all that long for, for Indianapolis. I think that they, they return to being who they were, who we know them to be. And the Eagles to also kind of re- return to form, uh, w- you know, with that with that bad loss, uh, in the you know that that they're trying to to move past here quickly. So I, I think that the Eagles, I love that it's six and a half. Just get in there, win by a touchdown, and, and that can certainly be done. I mean, Matt Ryan, he's not going to be uh, running running off long scrambles against that Philly D.
1: Uh no. Th- I mean, that was as somebody who was on the Raiders last week. Uh, I mean, it felt like the, the cover was gone immediately. I, I kind of gave up the ghost on that one, but I still needed the Raiders to win straight up. And that, that 39 yard run by Matt Ryan, that was, uh, that that was a dagger. And I, you know, I, I in some ways I, I do kind of think it was a genius move by the Colts to go back to Matt Ryan. Uh, I know that's maybe not what Jim ursay wanted. I know there, there's some like contractual stuff in there where if he gets hurt, they're on the, they're on the hook for a bunch of money. So I think that's at play. But to me, that gave the Colts such a higher floor in Jeff Saturday's first game. Um, that I I do think that was the right move and you know, you got to stick with them after that. We also need to be wary of the, the post Raiders bump that some teams are getting, like the Raiders are terrible. We know that now we, we maybe didn't know that for sure two or three weeks ago, but we for sure know that the Raiders are terrible. Their season is over. You know, they seem to be imploding from the inside out, but you know, I kind of got suckered into, you know, like the saints, for example, beat them 24, nothing a couple weeks ago, and I took the Saints to to, to beat the Ravens in an mm-hmm. upset pick. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, well, they just blanked. They just blanked the Raiders. The Raiders have all this talent. No, they don't. They're not good. You know, the Jags go in and beat the Raiders. Uh, and then they come out and, and they're the only team last week that's lost a game all year with a turnover differential of plus three or better. And really, it was closer to plus four because they got that onside kick to begin the game. So, yeah, I, I think you're right overall. your point stands on Indy. Uh, I think people might... Might might be kind of prone to jumping on Indy, feeling like they do have some sort of spark with Jeff Saturday, but I think more than anything, what we need to remember is they beat the Raiders, and that doesn't really matter.
2: No, that extremely, extremely well said. Yeah, you can't take anything. You know that the Raiders are just that that bad, that much in disarray. And then the other line that that kind of stood out to me is is a bit low, and I I get it because it's a divisional game. But the, the last time that we saw these guys, the the Bengals were just absolutely taking it to uh, the Carolina Panthers, and I, I think that they they still have some flaws, and and we we can't forget Week One, uh, where you know Joe Burrow was put on his back time and time again, seven times, seven sacks, unbelievable. Yeah, Five that, turnovers. <laughs> that was jarring, but I, I feel like this this is just a spot where the Steelers uh, that. They are well coached enough and talented enough in the right spots to where, like, they, they aren't going to be, you know, picking in the top five, but they're still not a good team. So, coming off the bye, I think the Bengals n- know what they need to do. That they've gone back and, and looked at how week one unfolded. And, you know, really, if you just limit your turnovers, limit those disaster plays, I, I think it, it ends up being a, a relatively uh, comfortable victory for, for the Bengals. So, I, I, I think the Bengals should be you know, closer to four and a half or I'm sorry, a five and a half.
1: Okay. Interesting. I, I actually kind of like the Steelers to hang around in this game. I don't think they, they find a way to win, but you know, the reinforcements are there on defense. KZ's back, you know, TJ Watt was back last week. That certainly helped against the saints. Uh, they could get Minka Fitzpatrick back this week as well. If he plays, I, I kind of like the Steelers to cover that game at home. And I, I think you are right. Like they're, they're not going to sack Burrow seven times again. You know, you, you can't just expect that that to happen. And I, I think you also have to remember that the Bengals probably should have won that game despite everything going wrong. Burrow had four picks, five turnovers, and they still had like three chances to win that game at the end.
2: That's so, yeah. I've, I almost forgot how crazy the ending of that of that game was. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it, it? Was like the missed kickoff, basically, like it, you know, uh with Boswell Dick and, and and Oswell, kick yeah. Pearson, just going after exactly.
1: it. Well, the other thing too with, with the Steelers that, that pushes me away from, from taking them as as like a you know a zag upset pick is Boswell's not playing in this game. And I think it's Matthew Wright uh is the kicker. He missed two easy ones last week. Like that's probably just how it's going to be. Uh nothing is a guarantee when you have a kicker like that. Uh as long that a, as Boswell is not Florida
2: Atlantic. Do I have that right? So uh, I, I am not football a kicker. The all the <laughs> uh let's see. I, I will we'll get our fact checkers working on that one. UCF. UCF. Okay. UCF, I, yeah, I was... very close. Directional Florida school.
1: Yep. Yep. I, that's a good breakdown of this game. Like I, I feel like we're, we're in opposition on more of these games than we normally are. You, you, you're kind of okay scared K-fabe. me a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other game that I have highlighted, and this is another question mark for me, much like Atlanta, Chicago, um, the New York giants, the two loss, New York giants who have done nothing but win close games, bleed teams out. I mean, they're, they're a mirror image of the the Tennessee Titans, in a lot of ways. I kind of think of those teams very similarly. Uh, they get the Lions at home this week. Three point favorites are the New York Giants. Should that line be higher?
2: Yeah, that that one that one is agonizing to me because the, the Lions have done me the disservice of of getting off the mat right when I was right when I jumped off. Right when yeah. I was like, okay, I, actually they are terrible. And nope, two wins in a row. Um, but you know, that this one going on the road, I, I could certainly see that uh the a strong case for this one being being higher and it's not like uh the texans beat them up too too much last week so they should be coming into this one feeling pretty good and and you know the lions their defense is still uh not fixed you, obviously like saquon was able to have the huge day against the texans team that i saw is on pace to give up three thousand rushing yards um but the lions Can they do it can't, i'm hoping so um but the lions they are 31st uh in in um Mm-hmm. in rushing yards allowed per game. So I think that we, we can kind of follow a similar game script here. And, and you know, the Giants are going to run into trouble whenever they they uh, play against teams that, that can build a lead against them early. But I don't think that the Lions are, are necessarily that squad. And I think that, you know, what the Giants do well uh, is going to work well this time mm-hmm. around against Detroit. So, so I, I could definitely see that one being, you know, closer to four, four and a half before I'd have to start thinking about the Lions.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I guessed it would come in. Like four and a half to me seemed about right. I, I think the Lions, yeah, you deserve credit for winning two division games back in, or back to back. But, you know, the Packers just completely imploded two weeks ago. You know, you had Rodgers throwing red zone interceptions. That never happens. I mean, everything went wrong for Green Bay in that game. And then last week is the Chicago defense. So I, I just, I don't know if I'm quite ready to buy back in on the Lions. Although, I mean, the big play potential seems to be back. Like they ripped off a bunch of big plays, again, against Chicago. So you do have to take into account you know, the level of difficulty uh, going from that bears defense to this giants defense. But um, I, I, you know, the odds makers are respecting the lions here because not only are they only three point dogs on the road, but that total sitting at 45. And this is a giants team that has scored more than 24 points one time this year. And that was a 27 point game. Uh, So, you know, the, the applied score here is like 24, 21. I guess I could see that. I, I just, I, I still have my questions about this lion's offense.
2: Yeah, as do I. Um, I I think that the the Giants do play a pretty solid brand of defense. I know that they're out with or without McKinney, I I think, for a little bit. But uh, beyond that, I think that they they still have a a strong enough defense. And I I think they're strong enough in the secondary, which is important because the Lions don't really have a run game to to speak of at this point. And you also get Jared Goff in some conditions. I I know I was banging on that last week, but I'm going to go back to that well. Um, so I, I think that he struggles in this spot.
1: <sighs> All right. It's time. I lost my best bet. Uh, it was, uh, to be honest, that was probably the one that I felt the best about. It was like my best, <laughs> best bet last week. I, maybe I have to do the read twice. We'll just run it back. Uh, you won yours. So you're off the schneid. You had it last week, uh, but the read kicks back to B. So um, if you need to go take care of anything, uh, go do that now and come back in 10 minutes.
2: Get I, I got to go like ba- base to Turkey or something. It's, it's almost <laughs> Thanksgiving. Get, get it in Kick, the oven.
1: Kick off week 11 of the NFL season with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code BETROTO. That's B E T R O T O. And your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. You must be 21 years or older to wager. However, if you're in Ontario, 19 or older, baby, this is a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to both qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. This, of course, excludes MDPs, Michigan Disassociated Persons. Please gamble responsibly. call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in John McKechnie's home state of Georgia, as well as Hawaii. Ohio, Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers, not available in Nevada and New York. Man, I think, I think it's dense. It doesn't like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here reading it. It doesn't look that long. It's just, it is so, so dense.
2: <laughs> just uh, so many numbers, so many states, so little time.
1: Yeah, man. Tell me about it. I, I feel like you should have called like hope NY for me after how my picks went last week. Like, no, he doesn't have a problem. He just sucks at making picks.
2: <laughs> Nick, they're laughing at your bets.
1: <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's let's keep diving into these games. We'll, we'll hit any games that we have not hit so far. We'll get to the parlay of the week. We'll get to the underdog parlay of the week. We'll even get to the teaser of the week. Uh, we, we came very, very close to hitting a couple of those last week. Had some big letdowns. Uh, we'll dive into those uh, when it is time. But uh, where do we want to go here? I feel like we've hit on probably half the board already. Uh, let's, let's talk some Panthers-Ravens. 13-point okay. favorites are the Ravens. They are 29 and one straight up as a double digit home favorite over the last 22 years. So I I don't have, you know, I don't have much of an issue thinking that the Ravens could actually get upset here. You know, we we've seen the dogs have been live. I mean, it's I think, I think double digit dogs are like nine and four ATS on the year. Um, So it, you know, it hasn't gone well for these big favorites, but you know, I, I, not that this is a take, I don't see the Ravens losing this game, John, but 13, that that's right on the border.
2: Right, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, if it if you if you are slightly nervous about the spread, you know, it, you get great value at minus seven sixty nine on on that money line for yep. for for Baltimore. Gotta hit that. Um, <laughs> so just you know, take it take out. Uh, no, um, but uh, when it when it comes down to this game, um, you know, we, we were talking on the XM show on Tuesday night. Um, you know, I felt like the Ravens were starting to really turn a corner going into their bye week. You know, be not just beating the saints, but also beating the Buccaneers. And I know that neither of those teams are all that impressive, but I thought that Baltimore played their most complete games in those. Um, I think as far as the pass rush coming on that they got uh, Bowser back in the, back in the mix that they um, they obviously were able to, to win in pretty convincing fashion in new Orleans, despite, you know, having a real, you know, kind of ragtag bunch of players at the skill position spots um, I think Isaiah likely is starting to, to really uh, turn into something. We, we saw him kind of break out against uh, the Buccaneers and he scored a touchdown against the saints. Um, Lamar Jackson at, at home is, is tough. And I, I just feel like th- this is a, a case where if you're optimistic about the Panthers, because of what they did against the Falcons uh, just look back to a couple of weeks ago, I think that we, we see something tough as far as their result goes and with Baker Mayfield, starting. That makes me feel all the more confident that that Baltimore kind of, uh, waxes, uh, the Panthers.
1: Yeah. I thought you weren't going to bring it up, but, but you did. That's the big thing for me is if this was PJ Walker, you know, I, it's not like you love PJ Walker, but I, I, I if, if you're a Ravens fan, which you are, I assume you would rather see Baker Mayfield under center for this team.
2: Yes. I, I you know, I'm in some, some Ravens chats where people have talked themselves into being worried about Baker Mayfield, uh, I think they're mostly drawing on like the early season, we uh, 2019 game where where the Browns cr- crushed the Ravens in Baltimore, and it's like that was 100% Nick Chubb and zero percent Baker Mayfield. Um, I I don't think that uh, we see anything similar. And Baker Mayfield was still considered kind of good back then. Uh, we we have years of evidence to suggest otherwise at this point. So um, I, I I feel like Baker Mayfield is. With, with the way that the pass rush looks for the Ravens, they're, they're going to cause them turnovers for Baker. And, and this one uh, could be a bloodbath that, that I'm in the house for.
1: Yeah. This could be two bloodbaths in three weeks for the Carolina Panthers. I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm usually not chasing these big numbers. I, we locked it in at 11 uh, in staff picks. That was nice. So I got, got a little bit of help there, but yeah, it's up to 13 uh, as of Wednesday evening. I, I like the Ravens there. Uh, let's go to Brown's bills, which depending on what happens uh, with, with the atmosphere, in Buffalo. This could end up being one of the most fun games of the year to watch. I, I love a good snow game more than anybody. I was chatting with Jeff about it on the XM show. He's on the other side. He's like, ah, it's sloppy. I I don't really like watching it. Could not disagree more. Like the more snow, the better.
2: Yes. I mean, you know, just reminds me of the, the great LaShawn McCoy snow games and like that, that kind of stuff. I love it. Um, it's not, maybe not my favorite thing to, to sit through if I, if I'm a fan, but I mean, it's I mean, that's just such a a wild amount of snow to be happening during an NFL game. Like I I just the the unknown is just so fascinating to me. And I know that the, the the lines have moved around a little bit since Tuesday, even even with like, you know, it even stronger confirmation that the weather is going to be basically out of hand on Sunday to the point where I've seen some, like, is there a petition to to potentially move the game or something like that? I I uh, saw McDermott was
1: asked about that today and he said, we've been in contact with the league and there's been no talk of it.
2: Okay, good. That's what I like to hear. And also Buffalo would look soft if, if they were the ones that they're, (laughs) they're trying to move this one around. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was bills like uh, minus eight, uh, on Tuesday, now or, or no, I guess it was it was still eight, so that that doesn't moved too much. But the the yeah. total has moved down. Uh, down a couple of points. Uh, so I I don't know. I, I'm I'm willing to kind of take the risk that uh, there's more points than you'd normally expect in this setting, just because the defense yeah. is going to be so on its heels, uh, and that that's also you know very important when you have a team like the Browns coming to town that that can run the ball so well. So with that in mind, do you ha- if you had to pick one thing, either the total or the spread in this game, which one would you choose?
1: Well, we should note that the total is way down. The total is down by six and a half from where it was this time on Monday. So in the last 48 hours, it's gone from 47 and a half down to 41. Um, I, obviously, 47 and a half it was a bit too high, I think, regardless. But, you know, I, the one thing is, I think both of these teams have a case to be made that they are well equipped to handle a game like this. And we should note, I mean, a, a lot of the snow forecast, you know, like the 30 plus inches of snow it's kind of based on like the lake effect kicking in and it, you know, it's not like it, there is a snowstorm coming toward Buffalo, but you still need, a, there's a lot of moving pieces in order to get that much snow. So it's not like this is a guarantee by any means. We might not know until Friday or Saturday, but I, you know, the Browns I think are near the top of the list of teams uh that, you know, with someone like Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt, like they're, they're more than comfortable trudging through the snow. But I also think Buffalo is as well. And like, you know as, as bad as Josh Allen has been these last few weeks like he might be the number one quarterback that you would want in those type of conditions would not say the same thing about percent
2: no gosh no so I, I think like the the run pass split for Cleveland might be like 80 20 or something like that yeah, they're they only favorite gonna throw, throw it, like it on third and long pass attempts. <laughs> it's, yeah that that's gonna be an exciting that that prop actually sounds pretty electric
1: yeah. <laughs> so I I took the Browns in staff picks um and to me, it, it's, it's just, be, I'm kind of accounting for the weather here, much like, you know, last week, I, I, you know, I kind of sided with the Vikings at this time of the week. Cause you're like, you know, the, we had no idea if Josh Allen was going to play. We're, we're forced to make a pick, uh, you know, for the purpose of, of this content. And I'm like, I don't know, there's too much unknown. So for me, you know, if, if it does end up being that snowy, I don't think we get like a, a two score win for either team. Like to me that, that like narrows the gap, you know, I think you get a low scoring game And I I still would side with the bills to win straight up, but if this line hangs at eight, eight and a half, I I like the Browns to cover that because I I just think that the snow is kind of the ultimate standardizer.
2: Yeah, no, I think that that's a totally reasonable way of looking at it. I, I went a little bit rogue. I might, I might be feeling myself a little bit too much with some of these picks, but I I, I went, I went Buffalo uh, despite that. But I, I think that you have very good logic behind that one. Yep.
1: This one was split in staff picks, by the way, three on the Browns, two on the bills. So I, I don't think there's really much of a consensus here. I mean, it it does, it does feel like at some point the bills are, are going to be due for just like a massive bounce back. And, you know, we kind of keep rolling that over. And like the more that that happens, I feel like it's going to be an even bigger bounce back. Like they, they're still at, when, when they're at their best to me, they're still the most dangerous team in the league. I, I don't know what it's going to take for me to jump off that the decision-making for Josh Allen has been puzzling to say the least but again if we're if we're playing this game in the snow I think you kind of throw a lot of those concerns out uh commanders texans commanders are running hot you know there were some rumors that maybe carson wentz comes back and reclaims that job on the one hand I, I don't know that he's quite ready he started taking some reps but it sounds like he's not quite there and on the other hand like after beating philly the way that they did like there's no way that you could bench taylor heineke
2: no no chance heineke he gives them a chance to win every week that, that Carson Wentz simply does not. Um, I don't think that there should have been any sort of quarterback controversy uh, other than, you know, launder a little something through the media so Carson Wentz doesn't feel so bad or something. But he shouldn't feel bad because he makes an obscene amount of money for, for what he does on the football field. But Heineke, this team obviously believes in him. You know, they gave him the Kirk Cousins treatment on the, on the uh, trip back uh, to Washington that this past week after the Monday night game. Uh, I love the way that Heineke's playing. I, I've been a supporter of his uh, for a while. I, I I didn't think it would have been a bad idea for for him to play all of last season. I thought that the Carson Wentz signing in and of itself was unnecessary. Maybe maybe you don't uh, like let Heineke come into this season without like a draft pick to push him, which they they obviously went with uh, with Sam Howell. But he's he's an absolute feel like there's gamer. Much
1: of a push from Howell?
2: No, he he's not getting it. Um, but no, Heineke is just he's the he's the most gamer quarterback. I, I think uh, it, it, and not in like the Kyler Murray sense, but like it, the guy, the guy's got moxie, uh, maybe the most moxie uh, of any quarterback in the, in the league right now. So um, I feel like they go into, into Houston and take care of business again, that my, my kind of credo on, on Houston is uh, if it gets to a touchdown or more bet them, but you know, something that shows even a modicum of respect, like, like three points uh no, give me Washington. And, you know, we were just talking about Houston's run defense. Washington runs the ball really effectively. I think even Brian Robinson could have a good game and, and Antonio Gibson, definitely. So I, I'm all over Washington in this one.
1: I'm with you on that. And I was on an island in staff picks. I, I I love Washington minus three here. I should say I love, I like Washington minus three. I do think this is a team that, that still has a ton of variance uh, week to week. But I, I thought Heineke played easily his best game of the year this past week, like some of their other wins, these previous few weeks, like there's been some jump balls, you know, some really ill-advised throws. You think of that, uh, that play against, uh I think it was Minnesota uh, where they just threw one up and, you know, it, McLaurin and uh I forget who the other, I think it was Curtis Samuel came down with one where you're just like, all right, that's like a 20% completion. How they can't keep getting away with this. But I thought Heineke was dialed in on Monday night. He was making some really, really good throws that receiving core, maybe the most underrated in the league, yes. especially when McLaurin gets rolling and, I mean, I, I don't love the Commanders. This whole thing still does feel like a tiny bit fluky, but I'm also just way off the Texans at this point. I think they know what they are. They know what the goal is for this season, and they're scrappy. I mean, they they, they find ways to compete every week, and I, I don't expect this to be a Commander's blowout by any means. I don't really know if they're capable of blowing teams out, but I still like them to win here.
2: Yep, so I, th- I think we're we're in lockstep yep. there. Uh, I mean, it's just... Yeah. If nothing else, it's betting against the Texans, and that's that. That doesn't feel yes. too bad. So um, that's a good way I'll to put go it. with that. Um, what? Where else do we need to go? I mean, uh, it. Okay, let's hit the two sicko games of the week. Um, Please. Either what's worse, Raiders Broncos or Rams Saints?
1: <sighs> Man, you're putting me in a really tough spot here, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I think it has to be whatever game the Raiders are involved in. That to me has to be the worst game, but I do think Rams Saints might somehow end up being uglier than Raiders yeah. Broncos. So yeah, let's, it, let's dive into Ram Saints first because I think this one is a little more interesting from a, a betting perspective there. You know, we have a, a decent amount of variance going on, especially with the Rams. Obviously we know that Cooper cup will not be available. That feels like kind of a, a death knell for that offense, yep. which is already bad with Cooper cup. You know, he found ways to be productive for fantasy purposes, but man, that that is rough. And we did get news today that Matthew Stafford out of concussion protocol expectation is he is going to play. And I, I thought maybe that would send the line swinging back a little bit, uh, but you know, it's, it's holding steady. It, you know, it was, it was at three and a half earlier today. And now it, I'm seeing saints minus four over at Bet MGM, I I'm very nervous about this one. I would like the saints to win straight up, but I, to me, I, this is a 20 to 17 type of game that the saints win. So I, I actually like the Rams to cover if this holds up four.
2: Yeah. Th- I think that's it. That's a smart call. Uh, I just, I can't trust the Rams, uh, even with, even with them getting points. I think that they are that dead in the water and, and, uh, you know, the valiant effort, uh, San Stafford la- last week at points, but, um, and you know, the electric moment getting the, uh, uh, last second touchdown to, to hit the over in that game. That was, yep. that was wild. It was like completely meaningless, but they, they did it for the points. Loved it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the saints I saw shortly before we jumped on here that like four of their offensive linemen weren't practicing as of Wednesday. So that, that certainly could be an issue. And, and, you know, I think that that could be something that, that ends up steering people towards the Rams and, and fairly so, but I'm just m- more so taking the saints there, there's something of a home field advantage. And, and just like, I think that the, the rock bottom uh, in the form of last week's loss and cup being done. Uh, I think that that's just enough for me to, to be off the Rams basically no matter what. So even in this case where, where the saints, uh, you know, lose outright to the, to the Steelers last week, I still like them at home in this spot.
1: You know what it comes down to for me is like, I still think, if you're just ranking the four units, like I, I think the Rams defense is still the best unit in this game. And I, I think that's going to be enough to limit the saints. Um, you know, the, the saints are going to, they are going to be better at home. That's for sure. It's a true home field advantage. Uh, I don't even know that Stafford versus Wolford makes that much of a difference for me based on how Matthew Stafford has played this week and and Stafford without cup. I mean, we haven't really seen that, that, that could be, that could be pretty devastating. And you know, you still have some names in that receiving core. Like now you're, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe Allen Robinson finally steps up, but there's not much evidence to suggest that that's going to happen. So to, to me, I mean, this is somewhat of a stay away. Like I said, I like the saints to win. I, you know, this total has dropped all the way to 39 totally on board with that. That makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. The, the, uh, the score you threw out there, 21 to 17. Like I think that it, I'll be shocked if this one gets, gets over like 41.
1: All right, let's do it. We, we have to, we'll, we'll talk Raiders Broncos. Let's just slog through this one and we'll hit the rest of the games Total sitting at 41 and a half. Broncos, two and a half point favorites at home. Um, you know, we're still kind of waiting news on the status of Jerry Judy. Uh, that went from, you know, looks like a serious injury to maybe it's not that serious. He did not practice on Wednesday. I, I think this is probably a 50-50 at best, would not necessarily expect Jerry Judy to play in this game. I'm on the Broncos here at two and a half. I, I like that one, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit. And it takes a lot for me to to side with the Broncos in any debate, but they're the the latest team that just gets the advantage here of playing the Raiders. You got to go two mile high. Uh, Like we said, I mean, the Raiders judging by some of those post game comments from Derek Carr, it sounds like there's been some things going beyond, you know, behind the scenes with this team for a while. Um, I I just don't really have a lot of faith. Like the Raiders seem like a team that knows that its season is over and the Broncos maybe don't, even though their season is definitely over. They're still fighting on a level that I, I just haven't really seen from the Raiders.
2: Yeah. Well, well said. I, I, yeah. As much as I hate backing the, the Broncos with, with anything right now, um, you just can't, you can't go with the Raiders on, on the road. And, and, you know, earlier in the season, the Raiders got the win. Um, I, I think the Broncos even the score up and, and for the season series and, you know, it, it's not going to be a pretty game. You, you hope that you don't have to, it, I highly doubt that red zone will, will uh, pelt us with much footage of that game. I hope we see very little of it, but you know, I'll we'll be, we'll be following along. And I think that the mm-hmm. Broncos will just be able to to get it done and and uh, hopefully w- without uh, having to spend too much mental energy on it. I would lay out almost the exact same
1: case in this one that I would for Ram Saints, where the yes. one unit that I trust in this game is the Broncos defense, which very quietly might be the best defense in the league. And they've got no credit because the offense can't score more than 14
2: points. Yes. They, yeah, they they are unable. I, I've i been able to, to pick up the Broncos' defense in a couple leagues uh, to to stream them. I think that they're a great streaming defense. That they are extremely talented. That's definitely not the problem. It's it's all Russ and uh, the goofy coaching staff.
1: Yeah, bunch of goofballs on that sideline. Luckily, our, our guy Mario Puig has been kind of leading the charge on making sure that uh, we're, we're all up to speed on what's going on uh, with Josh McDaniels. But yeah, not too much to say about that one. Pretty ugly game. Um, Rams, Saints, Raiders, Broncos. Just I would advise you to to, to stay far far away. Uh, From watching those games. If you have kids in the room, make sure they're not in there. If either of those games pop up on red zone, Um, we talk Cowboys, Vikings. We talk Bengals, Steelers, talk Chiefs, Chargers. That that basically leaves us with two games here. Uh, Let's go to Jets, Pats. We we saw this matchup a few weeks ago, both teams now coming out of a buy. So there's, there's not a huge advantage there. Uh, You know, the way I broke this one down in, in beating the book this week is, Zach Wilson had an extra week to practice running 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, avoiding sacks and Bill Belichick had an extra week to scheme for Zach Wilson. So I think we get a close game. I still think the jets are, are maybe the more talented team here. They put up a better fight than you think the first time these two teams played. But with this game at Foxborough, I, I think we see the streak of, of Patriots wins over the jets run up to 14 straight.
2: Uh, it's it certainly makes you feel queasy betting against Belichick coming off the buy. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but was the week that the Jets played the, the Patriots earlier? Was that after the Denver game where they, they suffered the Brees Hall and the Elijah Vera yes. Tucker injuries? Yeah. So, like, that was a lot to like digest and then go play the Patriots right afterwards. So, I felt like that we were both really strong on, on the Patriots that week. I, I've kind of flipped uh, this time around. And I, I think that, you know, as long as we're seeing this one, uh, with, it is three, so that may, I really would like to see that at three and a half. Uh, if I'm a Jets guy, but I, I but you know what, I am regardless. Uh, I think that the Jets, uh, they will be better prepared this time around to deal with that that um that Patriots pass rush a little bit. I think they're gonna have to you know keep some tight ends in and everything to to you know keep Judon somewhat yeah. in check. He's still gonna get his a little bit, but you know if you can just kind of avoid the abject disaster plays which is a lot to ask of Zach Wilson, of course, especially on the road. I think the Jets can come in here and, and keep it to keep it close. Um, yeah. So I, I will back the Jets here, but I do not feel great about it.
1: You're not the only one. I, I've read a lot of pro Jets sentiment here. I mean, again, this game was really close. And I don't think there's that much of a difference between Mac Jones and Zach Wilson right now. That That's that's what scares me the most is I, I think you know we talk about Belichick scheming. For Zach Wilson, but I think the Jets feel the same way about scheming for Mac Jones. Like I think they could force him into mistakes. You know, they they had that pick six that was called back uh, on a penalty in the last meeting. I, I think if that holds up, the Jets probably win that game. That felt like mm-hmm. a huge shift in momentum, and that was a massive break for the Patriots. So I I, you know, I, I don't feel that strongly about it. I wish I felt better about this Pats team. Like I wish the Pats were the team coming off the bye and not both of them. Like to me, that that kind of cancels some things out. Um, yeah, it's it, the other thing too is that it does feel like this is maybe as narrow as the coaching gap has been between these two teams in a long time. Like you got to give a lot of credit to Robert Salo. Like you mentioned, you know, they, they, they have that game in Denver where they lose Brees all, they lose Vera Tucker, they lose to the Pats. but then what do they do after that? They bounce back and beat the bills. You know I mean? They're, yes. The jets are, the jets are technically running pretty hot here.
2: Yeah. Like it, it took, it took us like a, a two minutes into breaking down this game to, to mention that, yes, the the jets did just beat the Buffalo bills last time that we saw them. So, I mean, you know, what, why not just ride that? And and yeah, it really has been since like the, the sexy Rexy heyday that, that the jets uh, could go a little bit toe to toe with the Patriots as far as coaching.
1: Yeah. And on Judon, by the way, the red sleeves, there's something in those sleeves. Like I, I, I they need to do like the uh, MLB, like check the pitcher thing, like between plays, like somebody should go out and like, see what's going on under those red sleeves.
2: I mean, yeah, he's just got like animatronic arms or something. (laughs) Uh, Jimbo Fisher, meanwhile, makes sure that his players do not wear sleeves. And uh, I don't think that's working very well.
1: Yeah, I I admire the commitment by Judon to to go in with the off-color sleeves. Like, you don't see it very often. Like, Jair Alexander goes with the yellow sleeves for the Packers. Like, I didn't even know that was allowed uh, until Judon whipped it out last week. No,
2: that's like some stuff that you and I would do on Madden 2004. Uh,
1: yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I, as, as a recent PS5 owner now, I've, I've kind of really? dove back into Madden shamefully. And yeah, I mean, the customization options are, are off the charts. We'll, we'll say that total in this game, by the way, is the lowest on the board this week, 38 and a half. I'm fine with that. Um, uh, I have to look into the conditions there might maybe some, you know, if it's going to snow in Buffalo, it could very well be snowing in new England. Uh, I, if that's the case, I, I think that that probably helps the Patriots a little bit more, but Either way, I, I think this could be another one of those like nineteen to sixteen type of games for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that no one's expecting a shootout. You know, that that is a perilously low number. So that that was so low that I ended up taking the over. But yeah. uh, obviously, you feel queasy about that. You're, you're going to need a couple defensive scores mm-hmm. in this one for for us to uh, to to take the over. But I think it could happen.
1: All right, so this leaves us, uh, you know, a nice Monday night game to break down and it is not in fact, a home game for the Arizona Cardinals, though they are technically the home team. This will be in Mexico city, 49ers at Cardinals, 49ers are eight point favorites in the neutral site. Low total here, 43 and a half. I think part of that reflects the fact that we still don't really know what's going on with Kyler Murray. He of course did not play last week. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury said today that uh, a decision has not been made. Obviously, they have an extra day with this game being played Monday night, so we probably won't get a ton of clarity in the next 48 hours here. I I like San Francisco in this game. I I think the eight, you know, it's a big number, of course, but again, it is a neutral site. So to me, that makes sense. Uh, What say you?
2: I kind of like the Cardinals. Ooh. Does it matter if Murray plays? It it doesn't. I I feel like Colt McCoy can run this offense just fine. Um, I, I think that you have plenty of talent. Uh, in the in the receiver room, there Rondell Moore and, and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, even if and in, in I think the window opened for Marquise Brown to get back, I, I yep, don't he, think he might that play he's,
1: in this
2: game. Uh, he's the jilted Ravens fan talking about. It. He's not the guy that comes back on the early end of, of his injury window. But um, regardless, you know, I, I feel I feel all right about this Cardinals team. And and you know, as good as I as, as I think the Forty Nine ers are, I don't know. There's just something. I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I do feel like regardless of whether Kyler plays, uh, we could have an upset on our hands in, in this one. So looking forward to it. And uh, one, one key, now that uh, you know we're, we're talking about this game being played in Mexico City, crazy altitude. Kicking yep. game is going to be a lot of fun on on Monday night. So whomstever's kicker is better, could really be the deciding factor in this one.
1: That is a good point. Uh, I just Googled Mexico City altitude. Over seven thousand feet, so yeah, I mean, we're talking it, it, we're talking like on Denver, Denver and a half. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. I will say I was on an I was on an island in this game in staff picks. Everybody else is on the cards. You know, if if I, I just I don't I don't really get it, man. Like, what is it more about? You think the Cardinals have this juice in them, or you just don't trust the 49ers?
2: Um, I think with with this particular spread, I just again like I don't trust the Niners to blow teams out. Uh, I think they, they can beat almost anybody, but it, it's never going to be handily for for the most part. And I, I think that, you know, somehow, some way, the Cardinals team that that I basically left for dead a few weeks ago, like they've shown a little bit of, of chutzpah of late. And, and I think I'll, I'll just, I'll go with it. it. There's not a whole lot of science behind this take folks, but I, I really, I'm looking out for the Cardinals to maybe do something on Monday night.
1: Uh, fair enough. I will say in, in, a counter by me. The 49ers have four wins by double digits this season. So half their wins have come by by 10 plus. I mean, they. I think they are capable of blowing the right team out. And we'll see. I mean, I, I think this line too, it, we might see some movement uh, as the week goes along and we get more clarity on Kyler Murray. But once again, dude, you're, you're
2: scaring me here. I, I felt good about this one. <laughs> I apologize. I, I don't mean to put put the fear in you, but I don't know, man. We've, we've seen some weird Monday night stuff. We've seen some, yep. some crazy upsets on Monday night. We have. So... And, you know, one of them was a divisional game just a week ago. Who knows? That's
1: true. If, if
2: Washington can go
1: into Philly and win that game by 11, uh, I suppose the, the Cardinals could pull this off. All right, let's get to our parlays and teasers of the week here. Uh, my parlay last week, I, the Cowboys let us down there. We hit with the Chiefs. We hit with the Niners. All the Cowboys had to do was win that game. We were just looking at money lines. Could not get it done in overtime. So a, a crushing defeat there. But I know you came up with a couple parlays for this week as well. So I'll let you lead it off.
2: Yes. So th- this one is a uh, money line uh, parlay, four legs uh, on this guy. So half an octopus. Um, we got Eagle's money line, Raven's money line, Bronco's money line. So it feel- feels a little queasy, but, uh, you know, we're-, we're-, we're sticking to it. Um, I-, I think our-, our discussion makes me feel a little bit better about it. And then the Vikings money line so that that would pay out at plus four eleven odds. Ooh, plus four eleven. I like that. So, you know, I've always
1: asked you, where where does this fail? Um, you know, like you said, always a little queasy throwing the Broncos in there, but you know, as as we discussed, I think we like them. Ravens money line, love that one uh, again. Twenty nine and one as a double digit favorite, straight up in the last twenty five years. Uh, the Eagles, like that one. You know, I mean, on the road, the, the spread maybe could get a little iffy, but I like them to win outright. The Vikings, to me, is where this one potentially goes belly up.
2: Sure. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely the most nervous about them. They're the only, you know, pseudo underdog, uh, on this particular card, but, um, you know, I just, I like it. It's not inconceivable that, that all four of those teams win in a vacuum. So why not in a parlay? I love it.
1: Uh, I, I only got a three-legger here. so like a half insect, I guess we'll call it. (laughs) Um, I'm throwing the Broncos in as well. So we're in agreement there. We're just talking money lines. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to add the saints and I'm going to add the giants. For plus three
2: eleven, investigate three eleven. You're in your thorax era with the with the half insect. We love it.
1: Uh, what, what's the the biggest liability there other than the Broncos? Who do you feel worse about, the Saints or the Giants?
2: Um, pr- probably the Saints. E- even as strong as I am in in fading uh, the Rams, I feel like you know there there is the chance that that the Saints just kind of come out with with a nothing burger. Um, but but Giants, I, I do feel pretty good about. And Broncos, I feel pretty good about. So, so the Saints are are the proverbial liability, but that looks like a winner to me. I,
1: I don't see how it could possibly lose. You know, I mean, we've no. we've been in agreement. Like all of our parlays that we've thrown out, they're like can't possibly lose. Well, they haven't. They, they haven't come through uh, quite yet. But I think this is our week. Uh, give me your underdog parlay of the week, John.
2: Okay, so this this one is uh, kind of insane, and it, it mostly gets insane because of the last part of it, but. Sure um i like the bears these are all money lines as well i mean that you know we're we're not putting more than a, a couple shackles in into this particular wager but the the payout could be pretty nice like the bears money line like the titans money line so it, we'll know as of thursday night uh whether this one is Dangerous. still alive and then finishing out the weekend cards money line that play that pays out plus 2043 so cool. you get the bookend standalone national TV games uh to, to strap yourself into the torture chamber and then and then a, a nice little reprieve with the Bears on on Sunday afternoon I, I don't
1: love throwing the Thursday game in there I mean if you win it, it it's huge you, know, you get that knocked out you already got a, you're a third of the way there going into Sunday but if you lose it it's dead right away nonetheless I love it I love it I, I love putting the Bears in there you know where I stand on the Cardinals we're in disagreement on that game. I could see the Cardinals covering. I just, I, I can't see the Cardinals winning that game uh, at a neutral site. So to me, that that's the biggest liability, but Hey, I admire it. If you can get over plus 2000, that's the at plus a uh, 2043. So what bet hundred to win $2,143. Absolutely. Fire it up. Um, I'm going Vikings. I'm going bears and I'm going jets. You know, I, I, I said, I like New England to win this game, but look, if, if you're talking underdogs, you got to take some chances here. That gets you to a little bit over plus eleven hundred. Um, you know, getting the Bears as a dog, I think we were in agreement on that one. Vikings, Cowboys, I think we both feel like that's close to a 50-50. Vikings being the underdog, they qualify here. Uh, for me, the the Jets is the one that I'm most worried about.
2: Yeah, the the Jets are definitely concerning. You know, both of us are pretty torn as far as uh, you know how that game plays out on, on Sunday, and like there, there's some very specific things that the Jets need to do or not do. Uh, in order for them to come away with the victory. But, uh, you know, on on its surface, we're, we're both Vikings and Bears guys that, this week. And and you know what? You got to sweeten the pot somehow with with, with these underdog parlays. And, yep. and the Jets, I think, is a nice way of doing it.
1: All right. So I'm going to throw out my teaser. We're going with a six and a half pointer this week. Uh, last week's seven-point teaser, the Eagles let us down, of all teams. Uh, we had the 49ers teased down to even. They, of course, beat the Chargers. We had the Chiefs teased down to minus two and a half. They beat the Jags by 10. No problems there. All the Eagles had to do was win that game by four points. They, of course, could not get it done. Uh, So this week, six and a half pointer. This gets you to plus 150. We're teasing the Niners down to one and a half. We're teasing the Ravens down to six and a half. And we're we're involving the Buffalo Bills here, John, also down to one and a half. So Bills got to win by two. Ravens got to win by a touchdown. 49ers got to win by two.
2: I mean, it strong, strong looks. Uh, but again, you you know where I am on on the cards this week. So I, I, I think that the that the Niners could be what uh, what what undoes you. But I I think the Ravens even tees down to six and a half. Still like them, and I think the Bills. You know, you're you're basically betting on them to win outright at that point against the Browns. I still think that they're able to do that. So so the the Niners are your liability there. But I think you're going to be going into Monday night feeling good.
1: I think so, too. I I certainly hope so. Uh, If if it's a live going into Monday, uh, I'll just be happy with that at this point. Uh, If you want to throw in some parlays, throw in some teasers of your own, go over to BetMGM.com, BetMGM app, and make sure you're using our promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. Make that first bet risk-free. All
2: right, let's get to our locks, John. Who are you locking up this week? Give me the Eagles. A little bounce back, getting them them on sale at at just minus 6.5 again after being minus 10.5. As of Sunday morning, um, I just don't think that Indianapolis has it. They got their one game with with great story, Jeff Saturday, everything like that. But I think that had everything to do with with the Raiders. I think the Eagles just kind of reestablished themselves this week. And and Indianapolis also reestablishes themselves.
1: All right. I love it. I uh, am I allowed to just like lock up the Ravens money line? Could you just give me that? Can you throw me a bone this week?
2: (laughs) I don't want to do that read on Thanksgiving week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, fair enough. I'm going with the Giants. I, I I don't love this line. This is the you know there are a few lines that didn't make sense, but you know I, I don't necessarily like feel great about one side or the other in the Minnesota Dallas game. I, I certainly am not locking up anything in Green Bay Tennessee, but to me the Giants are undervalued here. Um, you know I, I've kind of been off the Giants all year. I'm not really a believer that this is a, a team that typically uh, plays to that type of record, but they they've earned my respect uh, at this point in the year. We're over halfway. They keep finding ways to get it done. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they're kind of nearing that Titan zone for me that when they play, when they play a bad team, I just trust them to get it done. And, and as we said, this line could easily be four, four and a half. They're at home. Uh, so I'm locking up the New York Giants minus three at home against the Lions.
2: All right, big blue. Let's go.